0: Thank you for joining us for the study of God's Word. Today we have Pastor Sam Thomas delivering a message on the importance of sharing the gospel to a lost and broken world. We hope you enjoy it. If you'll take your Bible with me and open up to John, First John I should say, First John, we'll be looking at chapter 4 using verse 4 as a kind of our springboard verse. 1 John chapter 4. It's been a while since I've been able to preach in big church, so I've got a lot built up, so we're going to be here for... No, I'm just joking. 1 John chapter 4. And verse 4, where God's word says, you are from God. Little children. Now, John loved his audience that he's writing his first epistle to. He loved them. He knew them. He loved them. He had served with them. And this term, little children, it's, it's a term of endearment, a term of affection, like my daughter Carissa here. I call her little girl sometimes. She's almost 30 years old but she's still my little girl. Why do I call her? I call her a lot of funny things that I can't share with you. Cute things. Nice things. I have a lot of nicknames for her and her granddaughters who are in the nursery this morning. They're the sweetest little kids you've ever met. Obviously. I know your granddaughters are too. But little girl. I call her little girl. John says little children. He loves the people he's writing to. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them. Now, who are them? Well, if you back up a few verses to the first verse of chapter four, we can see the context into which verse four falls. And he's talking about testing the spirits to see if whether they're from God, because he says many false prophets have arisen and are in the world. And so he's talking about these false prophets this false teaching that is being circulated throughout the first century church. And at that time, there was a big heresy known as Gnosticism, which taught that all matter was evil. And if, if Jesus claimed to be the son of God, yet he was human, he had a body, he, had, he was material, he could not, according to the Gnostics, be the son of God because he was physical. And they viewed everything that was physical evil. Therefore, they denied the deity of Jesus Christ. We have the same kind of thing going on today in our culture. There are cults today that deny the deity of Jesus Christ, that he is who he says he is and did what he did. He died. He rose again, and he can forgive us of our sin. Amen. I need an amen this morning. Now, my amen corner is supposed to be over here, tail, and Ruth, you got to lead it up over there, man. Come on. <laughs> there you go. Get me wound up this morning. Now, God has called us to be an overcomer. Why? Because greater, look at what he says there. Because greater, verse 4, because greater is he, Jesus, who is in you. Amen? The Holy Spirit is living within you as a believer, right? 1 Corinthians 6, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world. Who is that? That's the devil. 1 Peter 5 8 says, He's like a roaring lion seeking you to devour you, to eat you up. You give him an inch, he'll take a mile. You crack the door, he'll kick it down. Don't give the devil an opportunity. That's what James says flee from the devil, resist him, don't give him an opportunity. Because if you give him an opportunity, he will turn you inside out. He's a powerful enemy. Yet, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Amen? Amen? The devil cannot touch you. He cannot afflict you. He cannot torment you. He cannot oppress you or depress you. And certainly as a believer in Jesus Christ, he cannot possess you because you are in Christ. Ephesians 2 says we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And so we have power over the devil. We have victory over the devil. And the word of God tells us this morning that you have overcome because greater is he who's in you. Amen. God has called us to be an overcomer. And the word used here in 1 John 4 and verse 4, this word overcome is the Greek word nikeo. It may sound familiar, and its meaning is to conquer, to prevail, to be victorious. It's the, in the English, it's Nike, like the sporting goods company. Victory. Now, they have their own set of problems. I'm not going to comment on Nike a whole lot, but this is the word. That's where they get their name for their company from this Greek word. And it means to conquer, to prevail, to be victorious. So as we begin today, maybe we should be asking ourselves this question, are we an overcomer or are we being overcome by this world in which we live? By this fallen world system in which we live? And Jesus says in the Gospel of John that Gus read, read just a moment ago, chapter 16 and verse 33, I believe it should be on the screen there. These things I have spoken to you so that you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. Jesus says again, and here's the word again, I have overcome. The same word, I have overcome the world. And because Jesus has overcome, you can overcome this world in which we live. You can have consistent victory in your walk with Jesus Christ. And let me say it again. Are you overcoming or are you being overcome? Our world is nuts, in case you haven't picked up on that yet. Our world has gone crazy. This, this cosmos, this fallen world system, it's gone nuts and really is nothing new. Just different terminology, different language. The preacher in Ecclesiastes says there is nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new, it's just discouraging. And the Bible says that things are going to get worse as we head into the future. Matthew 24, Jesus clearly says that. Things are going to get difficult and more difficult and crazier and crazier, yet we still can overcome. There you go. Thank you so much. We can overcome. My brother James was an overcomer. He suffered with severe epilepsy almost his entire life. And yet he worked full time, he went to college, he went on mission trips. He was really kind of a part-time missionary to the island nation of Haiti. He made at least eight different trips there in his time serving. And he struggled with that physical disability, yet he was determined to do what God had called him to do. He was an overcomer. I read a story a couple of years ago about a little girl who, who won a handwriting contest but she didn't have any hands. She was born without hands. Yet she took that pen or pencil and she placed it there in her little nub and she had this incredible, beautiful penmanship. She won like a national, maybe an international handwriting contest. She didn't have any hands. How did she do that? She was an overcomer. She overcame her disability and she worked hard and, and God blessed her. And we can be here for days talking about overcomers, people who have overcome. But I thought about Job when I was thinking about preaching this morning. Job, was he an overcomer or what? Wow, you know all the things he overcame. He lost everything. His wife told him, why don't you just give up, curse God and die. Well, those are some encouraging words, huh? (laughs) Yet, this is what Job said to God. He said, you slay me, yet will I trust you. God knew For Job knew he had a purpose for what God was allowing him to go through. The Bible said he was blessed tenfold. Why? Because he remained faithful and he trusted God as he went through that horrible experience in his life. He was an overcomer. Many of you here today are overcomers. You've endured sickness and tragedy and painful experiences. Yet, by the grace of God, that he has provided, you have overcome. You have overcome. And you will continue to overcome, no matter what may assail you, no matter what might come against you in your life. Based on God's word this morning, you are an overcomer in Jesus Christ. Don't let the devil rob you from that. He cannot defeat you. You have power over him. In Christ, we have power, we have victory over our enemies, our, the world, our flesh, and the devil. You have some addiction, you can overcome because of the power of Jesus Christ in your life. You have some disability, God can give you victory and give you strength to overcome whatever you are struggling with in your life today. The Bible teaches us that. The Apostle Paul states in Romans 12 and verse 21, it says, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's how we're going to overcome these struggles that we're faced with in our lives, in our culture today. Listen, church, the deck is stacked against us Christians the world and its broken system is coming for you. It's coming against you. And opposition is growing daily. You know it. I know it. You can see it. You can sense it. You can feel it. It's growing daily. All of this cancel culture stuff, all of this woke stuff, all of this critical race theory garbage, listen, it's from the pit of you know where. That's where it's from. It's from the devil. Why? Because it creates division in our culture. And the devil wants to divide us. The devil seeks to divide us as God's people. If we're divided, the Bible says a house divided, what? It cannot stand. If the devil, if we allow him to divide us, we are a defeated foe. And we can't allow the devil to do that. When I was in Bible college, we went street preaching on the streets of Dallas, and this was 40 almost yeah, four, 35, 40 years ago. And we', we would take a blowhorn with us, and we got permission from the police department to use this blowhorn to stand on the imagine doing that today. standing on the street corners of Dallas, we'd go to bus stops. And we would preach to these folks waiting for the bus because we knew we had a captive audience. They weren't going anywhere. They were waiting on their bus. We weren't as dumb as we looked. And we, we preached the gospel to them. And we saw many people come to know Christ through that ministry. It was awesome. But there was this one preacher. He wasn't a part of our group, but he was off preaching on another corner. And he would use this phrase. He would say, don't let that dirty, no good devil cheat you out of your soul. In other words, you can have victory over the devil in your life, no matter what may be coming against us. No matter what is ahead, we can have victory we can overcome. Why? Because, look at the verse again, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world. Amen. Amen. The evangelical Christian seems to be the only one in this present age who can be vilified, ridiculed, and mocked without any consequences whatsoever. Just try and criticize some other social group or some other religious group and watch the hammer fall upon you. But the Christian faith, well, it's open season. Well, that's really okay. I mean, it really is. God's Word, chapter 6 of Luke and verse 22, should be popping up. There it is. Blessed are you when men hate you, look at that verse, and ostracize you. Where did it go? Oh, it's on top. Look at what it says. Blessed are you when men hate you, ostracize you and insult you, and scorn your name as evil. For the sake of the Son of Man, be glad in that day and leap for joy. Behold, your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way their fathers used to... Well, I don't know if that's a misprint or what. It's cut off there. In other words, in the same way, the prophets were treated that way. There's nothing new under the sun, right? There's nothing new. It's the same old stuff happening. And I hope you don't get upset with me, if you do. I don't care, <laughs> I'm just showing. <laughs> and I'm speaking to myself as well when I say this. One of our problems, one of our problems, is that we are chicken. We're just chicken. We're too afraid of hurting someone else's feelings and not courageous enough to speak the truth. And we're running scared. We have no reason to run scared from this world and its godless ways. I want you to know I'm not scared and you don't need to be scared either. Because why? Greater is he who's in us than he who is in this world, this pagan world and its godless ways. We can be an overcomer. You can, and I can. Just imagine if all of us who claim Christ as Savior, all pastors and believers in this nation would show up on the steps of the Supreme Court peacefully and stay there until the laws of abortion got changed in this nation. You think that would draw some attention? We could make some changes, church if we would get busy doing something and just instead of saying something. Matthew chapter 10, verses 26 through 28. Notice the word of God there. Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness speak in the light and what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The only person we should fear is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's the only person we need to fear and reverence. Beyond that, we should not be afraid of anyone or anything because greater is he who's in us we are overcomers amen Matthew 5 Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount and he says we are the salt of the earth we are the light of the world he said let your light shine let it shine let it shine remember that song we used to sing hide it under a bushel no let it shine let your light shine you have nothing to fear but being disobedient to the Father. And the Father says, you are an overcomer in Jesus Christ. Be an overcomer for Christ. Don't allow the enemy to run roughshod over you. He has no power over you. You are able to defeat him. You are able to resist temptation. How? Because you're an overcomer for Christ. You can have consistent victory over the sin in your life because of the finished work of the cross. Galatians 5 and verse 16 says, walk by the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Walk with Christ. Serve Him. 1 Corinthians 1.18, my favorite verse in the Bible. The word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness. But to those of us who are being born of God, it is the power of God. It's the power of God. We have the power of God coursing through our veins. We have royal blood in our lives because of our attachment, our adoption by Jesus Christ. He died for you. He spilt his blood for you. He rose again as we celebrated last week and as we're celebrating today. And he loves you with an everlasting love. And so serve him and overcome to his glory. Are you trusting in Him today? Trusting in Christ is better than trusting in the government. (laughs) I didn't hear an amen there. I really really should hear a big, (laughs) loud amen there. Trusting in Christ is better than trusting in yourself. Right? Why? Because I don't trust the government, and I don't trust myself. So, trust in Christ. I need Christ, I need His grace, I need His help, and you need His help to be an overcomer. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need, church, we need each other to be an overcomer. The Christian life is not meant to be lived in isolation, it's meant to be lived in community. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 18 through 22 should be popping up there. We need each other. We need the Lord. We need the Lord every hour, as that old hymn says. Oh, Lord, how we need you. You're our defense. You're our righteousness. Lord, we need you. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. All of us are critical in kingdom work. All of you all of you in this room are needed to do the work of God that he wants to accomplish in this life. All of you, if you know Christ as Savior, you all have spiritual gifts. We men- Drew mentioned the place ministry that's coming up in a couple of weeks. That will help equip you and help you learn what your spiritual gifts are and your personality. It'll mesh all of those together to give you a really great picture of who you are in Christ and now. He wants to use you. He wants to use you in the body of Christ. You're not second string. You're first string. We're all on first string in God's team. He wants to use you. He's gifted you. He's blessed you. And you are an overcomer in Him. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, and verse 4, it says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Where are you placing your hope, your faith, your trust? What are you trusting in? Who are you trusting in? We have only one place to go, amen? If God is for us, who can be against us? The Bible says, and we must place our faith and our trust in him. I implore you today to place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation so you can be an overcomer too. If you've never done that, it's your opportunity today to do that. Place your hope, place your trust in Jesus Christ and in him alone for your salvation. There's no doubt that our world is becoming more and more godless with each passing generation. However, God always has a remnant, and that's us. And we can possess joy and assurance that our God will fight for us Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that in several places. One of them is Exodus chapter 14 and verse 4 where Moses has just parted the Red Sea and he says, stand back and look at the power of God and be quiet because he says, our God will fight for us. He's still fighting for us. And he wants us To fight for Him, to give Him glory, to give Him honor. We can possess joy. Joy is not based on our circumstances, joy is based upon our relationship to Jesus Christ. And that should never subside, that should never be depleted because greater is He who's in us, amen, than He who is in this world. We can have that joy. And assurance that our God will fight for us and win the victory for us and provide our deepest needs and we as followers of Jesus Christ are at our best when we rely upon the Holy Spirit to control us. I want to share a story with you about a doctoral student who was doing some research and he had the opportunity to go and spend an entire year with a group of Navajo Indians on a reservation in the southwestern part of the United States. And he he lived with one family. I mean, he lived 24 hours with this family. And as part of his research, he thought that would be the best thing to do, to really get to know these folks. And so he lived with them. He ate their food, he lived in their hut, he worked with them. He basically lived the same life that they lived for an entire year. And the grandmother of the family spoke no English, yet a very close relationship formed between the grandmother and this this doctoral student. They seemed to share the common language of love, and they intuitively understood each other. And over the months, he learned a few phrases of Navajo, and the grandmother learned a few phrases of English. And when it came time for the young man to leave and return and go back to the university to write his thesis... The tribe held a going away celebration for him, and it was marked with sadness because he had developed a cl- really close relationship with these people of the village. And as he prepared to get into his pickup truck and drive away, the old grandmother came to tell him goodbye. And with tears streaming down her face, she looked directly into this young man's eyes and she put her hands, you can see this scene, she put her hands on each side. Of his face, and this is what she said. She said, I like me best when I'm with you. I like me best when I'm with you. True friendship is letting those around you not only be themselves, but be their best. And I'll just say, I like me best when I am allowing the Holy Spirit to govern my life. I think we can all say that. When he is in control, we are at our best. And we can overcome. We can overcome anything that comes against us. How do we do it? One word. Quit. Quit. Quit trying to fix yourself. You can't fix yourself. But God's power flowing through your life can fix yourself. God's the only one that can do it. He's the only one that can change your heart we need a heart transplant. We don't just need heart surgery, we need a transplant. We need a new heart. The Bible says we need a heart of flesh. And when we come to Christ as our Lord and Savior, we receive a heart transplant. The old things the Bible says, are passed away. Behold, all things are new. You have a new heart. You have a new life. You have a new hope. You have a new purpose in Jesus Christ and you can overcome. So quit trying to fix yourself and trust Christ to fix you. Also quit depending on your own ingenuity and place your faith in him. Again, 1 John 5 and verse 4. It's your faith that overcomes the world. And finally, quit blaming someone else for your problems. Have you ever done that? Quit blaming other people for your problems and start relying on God's promises. His promises. There's hundreds and hundreds of promises in God's word. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you. He says, knock and the door will be opened. He said, be strong and let your heart take courage. He says, you are forgiven. He says, I love you with an everlasting love. So give Him your life and trust Him today. Trust Him today to be an overcomer in Jesus Christ. You can do it. Through his power, you can do it. Amen? May God bless his word to our lives this morning. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. May we not only hear it today, but may we be doers of your word. May we allow you to just consume us with your strength, with your courage, with your discipline. Thank you for fighting for us. Thank you for forgiving us And God, thank you for saving us. And Lord, if there's someone in this room today that has never trusted you in a personal way, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 May God bless you today. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. And continue to pray for Brother Mike and others who are working through this sickness. And we'll trust God for good things to come. Amen. Have a great rest of the day.